Life is full of challenges. With an unpredictable economy and just as surprising life changes, you need to be prepared to weather any storm. Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney Kevin Tharp and Financial Advisor Gary Anderson are available to help you with life's difficult decisions. This is Truth in Planning. The best way to ruin your retirement. I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. And Kevin... You know, we talk, this is in, in this show, we talk about retirement all the time, naturally, because as a financial advisor, my job is to help people plan their retirement financially to make sure that, number one, they're not going to outlive their money. That's one of the main fears people have is outliving money in retirement. And the longer people live, the more reality that can be. But there are a lot of times when people make decisions about retirement based on assumptions. So the best way to ruin your retirement right out of the gate is by assuming a lot of things that aren't correct and aren't true. But there are things that have been thrown out there for so long, things that have been said so long, that people perceive them as truth and they aren't. But if you act on those assumptions then you can have a pretty miserable retirement, especially when you get to the latter years of your retirement, you and or your spouse. So today we're going to go over some of these assumptions that people have about retirement and why we need to change that and the things that we can do to change that to make sure it doesn't happen anymore. Because if you're out there getting ready to retire right now and you haven't had a discussion with someone outside of maybe your spouse about retirement, it's easy to assume some things and act on those things and cost yourself a lot of fun and a lot of good years in your retirement because you made the wrong assumptions and money becomes an issue at some point in time. And we talk about Bill and Mary all the time. That's our, our characters that we use in our stories and uh, for illustration purposes. But Bill and Mary, for instance... And we've used them before. They've talked. They have planned retirement. They worked their entire lives. They had, were, had 401k plans. They both did really well with their 401ks. They accumulated a lot of money. They did everything right. They assumed that everything was going to be right because they have a lot of money accumulated between the two of them. Most of it is in 401ks, naturally, because that's the way most people are. But... Retirement for them might turn out in a way they don't really plan for it to return out because there are there's a good idea out there that a lot of times your expenses are going to be lower during retirement, taxes are going to be lower during retirement. All these things that we assume might not necessarily be true, and for instance, these types of things are true. So Bill and Mary get into retirement. You know, they're, they've finished their working careers. Now they're retired, and they start drawing money from their retirement plans. They're now drawing a paycheck from their retirement plans, from their 401Ks and IRAs now. They're getting money from that every month, and it looks like things are very comfortable. But the first thing out of the chute is they realize after the first year or so of being retired that they're still paying as much taxes as they ever did. So taxes are an issue. You assumed you weren't going to be paying a lot of taxes, but you find out now that you are paying a lot of taxes because of the sources 
of your retirement funds. Didn't plan on that. Maybe you, you assumed an inflation rate of 3%. Maybe that's what they assumed. And inflation is 4 and 5 and 6% now at least. So you assume that. That starts making you run out of money faster because things cost you more. So you have to take all these things into, consider, into consideration in retirement, but make sure that you aren't making assumptions that are going to derail your retirement some point down, time down the line. Naturally, towards the latter years, potentially, because that's when you start realizing whether it worked or not. The first 10, 15 years, you might be just fine and you might look like a genius in your retirement. But then you hit those last years, and sometimes there's only one spouse left at that point in time to, to look at the whole financial plan that they had and decide, you know what? This thing was a total disaster because we did it wrong. We made some pretty bad assumptions as to how retirement should be. We're talking about assumptions and how that's a mistake that can ruin a good retirement. Today with Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors, and you're listening to Truth and Planning. And Gary, I know you know the old saying about assumptions uh, and what <laughs> happens when you assume. Um, and I know recently uh, I, I, um, it was a cold morning and, and I just had not I had a restless night and I just I was having a hard time getting up. And it was a work day, regular day. And so uh, Missy said, you know, you need, it's, it's so-and-so time, you need to get up. And I'm like, I'm not getting up today. I'm retired. And it was like, she was just stunning news. And she's, I just looked at her and I said, well, I assume you would understand that I've retired. And she's like, Mm-mm, no, <laughs> that was a huge mistake. Because uh, uh, you know what was colder than the outside? The hard floor. When you hit it. When yeah. I hit it, yes, when I got it. So it is correct. You don't want to make those assumptions like you might want to discuss, hey, I'm retiring with your spouse and not make an assumption that they'll be okay with retiring. Well, yeah, and, that, and, and that's one, probably one of the number one things you should always think about, even when you're making assumptions or when you have an idea of what you're really going to do and you're meeting with a financial advisor to make sure your assumptions are correct or not, then yes, that communication thing is very important. And sometimes people don't realize they're on different tracks with their retirement ideas until they meet in front of somebody else. And then you start talking about your idea of retirement, your spouse's idea of retirement, and you realize that both of you have different ideas about the way the retirement should go. So that's a good point, Kevin. That's one assumption we make. Okay, yeah, I know my wife's on board with this because, you know, we've been, we've been living together for 40 years. We know what, how we each other act. We know what we do. But when it comes to this thing called retirement, both of you can have really diverse ideas of the way it should go. Mm-hmm. That's why you communicate. That's why it's always good a lot of times to communicate in front of a financial advisor so you can air this, these things out and understand, okay, you both have different ideas of retirement. Well, Maybe they'll both. Maybe both of your ideas can work, but let's make sure the plan addresses both of your ideas of retirement. So this is something people need to do. If you haven't done it and you're getting ready to retire, please think about doing this. You can save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of anguish down the line somewhere if you get the retirement planning right in the first place and don't have to go back in a few years and redo it because you made the wrong assumptions. One assumption is the 80% spending idea. 
for years I've heard this 80%. We all heard it. 80, your retirement income can be 80% less than what you have made in your working years because your expenses are probably going to be about, uh, well, I'd say 80%. 80% of your retirement. Your expenses will be 20% lower in retirement because mm, that's just kind of what we feel like it will be. Well, what we're finding out now is that's not the case. Most people are having to retire or want to retire with at least the amount of income that they made during their working years because your expenses don't go down. Once you retire, you realize, well, I'm spending more time with the kids, spending more time with the grandkids. That's costing me money. You have a lot more opportunities now to be out and about and spending money. So that 80% rule might not work very well for a lot of people. So again, we have to understand that that assumption could be incorrect and we want to make sure we plan to to make sure the plan works in a way that will benefit both of you both spouses all the way down the line during the years and that's something that we like to help people do gary how can they take that first step to start planning kevin they can call us at 888-371-2847 anderson advisors and we'll be glad to have you come in for a conversation In the next segment, we're going to answer the question, why wait? Why wait? I'm Kevin Tharp, Elder Law and Estate Planning Attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, Financial Advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, I'm going to make a pretty broad statement, but I think for most of us, it's, it's pretty accurate. We all hate to wait. Uh, waiting sometimes is a virtue. Um, I know I have been reading this book on uh, by David Jeremiah about uh, waiting on God, and I just couldn't wait, so I went to the end to see how it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> and he figured that out because he... Gave away nothing at the end either. He says, you're going to have to go back to the beginning and wait. So, But we all hate to wait. uh, And that is especially true and can be very crucial when it comes to uh, asset protection. And especially as we get older. Now, a lot of times people think, well, asset protection, that really doesn't apply to me. I mean, I'm not in a high-risk profession. I'm not like a lawyer or a doctor and and I'm going to get sued because of what I do. Or I'm not a skydiver, so I don't do risky things. But for most of our listeners, most of us, the biggest lifetime risk that we face is the risk of incapacity. And that's just simply the we over time as we get older, we lose the ability to do things like we used to do. We lose the ability to be able to make decisions and handle things. Uh, I know my wife is the great multitasker. I know your wife, Betsy, is the same way. They can do 10 things at one time and do them all well. Me, I can only focus on one thing at a time. Uh, I can do that well, but I got to focus on that one thing at a time. And so that's what really makes our marriages so dynamic is that uh, we, we have that different balance. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing that I, could, uh, I know is uh, when we get older, we're not able to make those decisions and handle as many things, even if we're great multitaskers like we used to. And so we need help. I know that there's activities of daily living that we do every day 
that one day I'm going to need help doing that. And we take them for granted. And we take them for granted, yes, uh, because it just it's just something we do every day. But when you lose that ability to be able to get dressed by yourself or you lose that ability, uh, some mobility, and your mobility is limited, then you realize that how important these things are. And so you want to take steps to protect when you become incapacitated. That's one of the most common reasons behind why people contact my office, Gary, is incapacity. Mm. Because a loved one has something's happened to a loved one, something's happened to a spouse or a parent or a grandparent, and people are needing access and they're needing to do things and they're finding out that their plans based entirely upon documents are inadequate. They're not prepared for that incapacity. So uh, that's what I'm going to focus on when we talk about asset protection today is how to be prepared for the risk of incapacity. And one of the things, and you don't have to wait to get these protections. I know I was talking with a family the other day and their uh, father, father-in-law is in a nursing home, had a stroke, and within a week is in a nursing home. Was fine at home. He's 84 years old. Widowed. Was, life was fine for him. He was handling things well. Okay, And then unexpectedly, he had a stroke and things changed. Much like when my mother fell and hit her head a number of years ago. she For the most part, she was fine. She was losing some cognitive ability, but overall, things were fine. And things changed overnight when she fell and hit her head. So how do you prepare for this? This is a great risk. So how do you prepare for it? Okay. And in talking with this family, one of the things that they thought they needed to do to prepare for it was they went and talked to an attorney. They went and talked to an elder law attorney, or so the attorney professed to be. just turned out that it was an attorney that dabbled in different areas, Mm -hmm. uh, really wasn't trained and have background or certified in elder law. But here's what this person recommended they do. Put everything of dad's that he owns and put it into an irrevocable trust. And they did it three years ago. Now, Dad just recently had a stroke. He's in a nursing home. His Medicare is about to expire. What are they going to do? Because they went back to this attorney and said, that's why we did all of this in preparation, right? That's why we did this irrevocable trust. He said, well, you got to wait two more years. So in March of 2025, you'll be out of the woods. You'll be good to go. You're in. You're good to go. Why did they have to wait to get asset protection? He thought he took care of. He thought he was prepared for that risk of incapacity. He thought he had asset protection. Why do you have to wait? By taking everything out of his name. Right. Why did he have to wait? Because of one reason. I call this the law of title. He gave up ownership. That is the number one reason why you have to wait to get protection is if you give up ownership. You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors, and my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney today, is asking the question, why wait? 
And Kevin, you're right. I get impatient with things. I want things to happen now a good deal of the time. And sometimes you have to step take, take a step back and make sure you got the right information before you proceed forward. And obviously, somebody like these people you're talking about here, they were working on information they assumed to be correct, but it wasn't. Because they went to an attorney, and that yeah. attorney, you know, we figured, well, you know, attorneys can know everything. They can do everything. Uh, and this attorney was professing to be an elder law attorney. And that's a whole different show uh, about whether an, an, an attorney is really an elder law attorney mm-hmm. or just one who professes to be. Uh, and maybe we'll do a different show on that one day. But this attorney advised them to use an irrevocable trust. And so as a result, dad gave up ownership. And so they are now having to wait before they get the protection that they signed up for. That's why they chose that irrevocable trust. They thought it would protect dad and his assets if he went into a nursing home. But if you give up ownership of your assets, you're going to have to wait for protection. Now, if you focus on what type of assets you own, which is what we do for our clients, is we focus on what type of assets you own, you realize that you have immediate protection right now and you don't have to wait for that protection because you don't have to give up ownership in order to get that protection. Type of asset is the bedrock asset protection legal principle that's been around for decades Tell me what type of assets you have, and I will tell you whether they're protected from nursing home spin down. What type of assets are protected? Well, first of all, your home and the land that it sits on. It's protected. And as long as you keep ownership during your lifetime, it stays protected. And so you don't have to wait five years. In my opinion, it's soon going to change to 10 years. They call it the Medicaid look back period. You don't have to wait for the penalty period to expire. You don't have to worry about a penalty. If you focus on the type of asset and your home is the type of asset that is protected as long as you don't give up ownership. So you don't need to give up ownership. Therefore, you don't have to wait for protection. You already have it. And if you'd like more information out, out about that, our listeners, give us a call through our website, kevintharp.com. And Kevin, I know this is important to a lot of people, and just reach out. Reach out to someone like yourself who can make sure you don't create an issue that is going to be worse somewhere down the line because you made the wrong assumptions. Taxes in retirement. Are you prepared? That's coming up next. What about taxes during your retirement? I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. 
Kevin, today I'm talking about assumptions that people make when they plan their retirement and when they're in their retirement. You make assumptions. And unfortunately, a lot of times an assumption is wrong because it doesn't have any basis. There's no truth to it. It's just something that's been put out there for so long that everybody believes it. And you see this a lot of times in your work, the work you do. People walk in, they tell you, well, I understand we've got to do this. I understand this is the way this works. And come to find out, none of that is correct. It happens all the time with people going into retirement. Number one, you're ready to retire. You've been doing the things all these years to get ready for it. You've saved your money. You've accumulated it well. You've saved money on expenses here and there to make sure you had a nice retirement. But then you make you plan based on these assumptions you make. The first assumption I talked about a little while ago was this 80% spending rule in retirement, where you think your, your expenses are going to go down or the spending in retirement is going to go down by 20% during your retirement years. And we're finding out now that that is not the case. You're usually spending as much or more money during your retirement as you did prior to that in your working years. Number one, you have more time to spend money. You have more reasons to spend money, golf, family, hobbies, travel, things like that. You have more opportunities to do it. So don't count on that assumption of that you only need 80% of your income your previous, your prior, your, your um, pre-retirement income and retirement, because you're probably going to need every bit of what you're making now. The other assumption, another assumption is taxes. For decades, all we ever heard was, well, you're not going to be paying as much taxes in your retirement because, you know, you're retired. You're not making income with your job anymore. Well, because we now really rely on the 401ks that we've accumulated money in all these years in. And a lot of people have accumulated a great deal of money in 401ks. A lot of times both spouses have both contributed to their 401k plans and have an incredible amount of money sitting there for their retirement. But that's one of the main sources now of income in retirement is our 401ks. Back when people had pensions, Kevin, didn't really matter a whole lot. You were going to get that income no matter what. just didn't really matter. Um, you could assume that income was coming in for the rest of your life and most likely your spouse's life. So you had to work with that. Well, now you're in charge of your retirement income. You have your 401k. You're going to take that 401k one of these days, start producing income with it, creating your own paycheck. You're paying yourself. And so... What people forget about, though, is these 401ks are very, very taxable. Every bit of the money you put in a traditional 401k, traditional IRA, is 100% taxable when you start taking distributions. Now, we know you'll have to start taking distributions by the time you're 72, 73 years old. Depends on what age you are. But a lot of times people start using the money from those retirement funds the day they retire. And so... It's a shock when you find out a few months later that you have this huge amount of money to pay in taxes because you made an assumption that naturally taxes are going to be less, but the sources of income tell you that, no, you're not. You're going to pay as much money in taxes on those withdrawals that you possibly did on the income that you made when you were working. So don't assume you're going to pay less in taxes. You have to be prepared for it. 
that's part of an overall plan is to make sure that you can pay those taxes and also plan your income not to be fully taxable from day one. There are ways to do this. There are ways to count on your retirement income and minimize taxes, and that's part of the plan. That's part of the plan that you should put put together. You and or your financial advisor should put this together to make sure you're going to be able to mitigate tax risk wherever you possibly can. It's all in the plan, and it's all in a plan, or it should be all in a plan that's not making assumptions that may not necessarily be true. That's what we should be doing as advisors out there is helping people plan for the potential for taxes in retirement. You're listening to Truth and Planning, and I'm with my co-host, Gary Anderson, financial advisor with Anderson Advisors. And Gary, taxes are a huge part uh, of our retirement. They're a huge part of our life, Mm -hmm. whether we're working or we're not working. And I know from many, many years, uh, being in the periphery of your industry, I've always heard and followed, sort of followed the philosophy or the rule of thumb, oh, well, you're going to pay less taxes in retirement than you did, uh, you know, when you were working. That's right. because you were working and income was coming in, and that's not going to necessarily be the case. But actually, the opposite is true. I actually would like to make as much income or pay much as much in taxes in my retirement years as I do while I'm working. Why? That means I've got good income well, coming exactly, in. Well, exactly, Kevin. That's a two-edged sword. At least, and, and this is what Betsy, my wife, says all the time, we'll be thankful you're having to pay those taxes because that means you're making good income. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And it's hard to be thankful when you're writing that check. Well, that's though, right. Yeah, all you. of a sudden, you forget about that come April. <laughs> but here's the thing. There are ways to spread that tax risk out some. And if you plan for the income during retirement and you have other sources of income, other savings, you have Social Security, things like that, you can actually start reducing the amount of taxes that you're actually going to have to pay because of the way the income plan is set up. That's a key part of it. And a little bit of outside help really goes a long way with this. So keep that in mind. Another thing people bring up all the time, too, is, well, how long are you going to live? Well, we can make assumptions with that, but we don't, none of us really know unless we know we're going to be, you know, dying this afternoon because we have some terminal situation going on, but that doesn't happen hardly ever. So we make this assumption that, okay, well, I'm going to live to be 85 and you're going to live to be 87. But the reality is people are living longer. If you have longevity in your family, if you have people in your family who've lived in their their 90s, go ahead and assume when you set up a retirement plan that you're going to be living into your 90s. A lot of times both spouses have that same situation. Longevity on both sides of the family will really give you an idea that at least one of you, if not both of of you, are going to live a long time, and what you don't want to do is outlive your money because you lived longer than you thought you were, because most people do. The bottom line is most people do. Some people don't, but you can't plan on life expectancy being short. You've got to make sure you're covering both spouses, if you're married, to make sure that there's going to be income way down the line somewhere because you don't want to come up short. 
You absolutely, the worst thing that can happen is you've generated all this income during your retirement years. You're paying taxes on all that income or a good bit of it. And now you run out of money and you're still alive. Guess what? You're still alive. And now you're running out of this money that you've been able to enjoy all these years. And you might need this money for not only the things you enjoy, but as time goes on, things you're you need. probably going to need money for your health care. And that's when expenses even go up further. So don't mm-hmm. make the assumption back to the expenses thing that expenses are going to go down. They're probably going to go up later in your retirement years. So don't count on living a short retirement. Count on living a longer retirement. That's part of the planning you should be doing, and that's what we enjoy helping people do. As a financial advisor, we can really help save you a lot of grief down the line somewhere because we're going to, A, assure you that your income will not outlast, that your income will outlast you, basically, and you you don't want to outlast it in retirement. Gary, I'm assuming that everybody can see me shaking my head because I'm in agreement with you because I've gone through this with my family, with my parents. Mm -hmm. And don't make the assumption that you're going to live longer than your money. Be prepared for that because you can coordinate the two. You may not know when you're going to die, but at least you can coordinate those two. Exactly right. And I know a great step for our listeners to prepare for that is to reach out to you. Kevin, they can reach us at Anderson Advisors, 888-371-2847. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk about how we all hate to wait. We all hate to wait. I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, in the previous segment, we answered the question, why wait? And we that question was posed based on the topic of asset protection. And as an elder law attorney, uh, it sounds like those two things don't really go together with an elder law attorney and asset protection, but actually that is a big part of my responsibility and job as an elder law attorney is to help clients protect their assets when it comes to long-term care, especially in a nursing home. And I always, when I'm discussing this topic uh, with clients, uh, inevitably the question comes up, okay, we're also are concerned in the planning that we're doing for you, we're concerned about the fact that we'll lose everything if we go into a nursing home. So we want to talk with you about what options do we have to keep that from happening. We don't want to lose our home. We don't want to lose all of our retirement accounts if we're unfortunate uh, to have one of us as a married couple go into a nursing home. Or, Or kids are asking me that question in helping their parents as they watch things happen with their parents as they grow older. And so asset protection... Uh, centers around uh, focusing on one thing, and that one thing is focus on the type of assets you own. And the good news is your home is the type of asset that is protected as long as you don't give up ownership. So focus on type of asset rather than giving up ownership. 
Unfortunately, there are a lot of other uh, attorneys out there, even a few elder law attorneys in this area of North Georgia, that recommend the opposite. They recommend they don't focus on type of asset. They don't really discuss that as a asset protection principle, even though it's been around for, for decades. But instead, they focus on giving up ownership. They focus on putting assets in an irrevocable trust. But what happens is when you give up ownership by putting things in an irrevocable trust, you have to wait for protection. There is a waiting period. In the elder law business, we call that the Medicaid look-back period. And that is always triggered, no exception, when you give up ownership of your assets. So why wait for protection? Why wait for five years for your home to be protected if you go into a nursing home Number one, because you may not know when that's going to happen. If you're making the decision now to give up ownership of your home, well, that tells me that you're not incapacitated and you can make that choice. So you're not on the doorstep of a nursing home. I've not met anybody in my life that woke up one morning and said, I'm tired of living at home. I'm just going to go check into check a nursing home. In, like check myself in, like the Marriott. Like the Marriott, <laughs> yes. And we got a new Marriott here in town, but there's no nursing home that you can go in and check, you know. Uh, it's just not, it's not happening. Yeah, nobody's coming in to check on you yes. at 2 o'clock in the there's, morning. So there's no waiting list, that, by the way. Uh, in, in actual reality, there is a waiting list to get into a mm-hmm. nursing home because there's so many people who are needing that level of care. So it's not a place of choice. So it can happen, and we just don't know when it can happen. So if you give up ownership and suddenly things change in your life, you've got to make a decision How am I going to pay for that nursing home? And if you've given up ownership of your home, you're going to have to wait to get any form of help in in the form of Medicaid Mm -hmm. because you've given up ownership. There is a penalty. And to me, the biggest thing is you don't have to wait to get asset protection. If you had just focused on the type of asset you have and realize that your home is the type of asset that is protected, then you wouldn't need to give up ownership. You wouldn't make the choice of giving up ownership in the first place. You're listening to Truth and Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors, and my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney, today is is telling us or talking about how we hate to wait. And it comes, there's nothing any more true than and waiting for something good to happen, Kevin. That's when it really becomes very, I guess, uh, tense when you can't get that thing, get to that thing that you want to do. So you're thinking, okay, I did a good thing by putting it in an irrevocable trust, but now I found out I've got to wait to get that good protection. And in reality, you don't have to. And so that's why we tell people keep ownership. Don't use an irrevocable trust, but use a revocable trust because then you have a, it doesn't change the type of asset and you have immediate protection because you're not changing the type of asset. A revocable trust doesn't change the fact that it's your home. So if you title your home in a revocable trust, it's still your home. You've not changed the type of asset. And if suddenly you or your loved one gets sick and have to go into a nursing home, you can qualify for Medicaid. Because your home is the type of asset you're not forced to sell or spend down, and you're not going to be penalized for giving up ownership. So you're not going to have to wait for 
protection. Now, here's another reason why we like using a revocable living trust, because we know from our experience as an estate planning attorney that our clients or their surviving family members, surviving spouse or children, I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you, we experience a lot of this with our children. Why wait to get access to your money? Why wait to get access to your inheritance? Okay. And if you die without a revocable living trust, if you die without assets titled in a revocable living trust, then mark it down. Your family is going to have to wait on the probate process. We get so many calls from people letting us know that their loved one died. Some of them are our clients. Many of them are prospective clients. Mm. And they're calling us because they're needing to get access to a bank account or to, uh, to sell a piece of property or access an investment account. Maybe it's because they're at the funeral home and they're needing to pay the funeral bill and they have no access to this stuff. Why? Because the bank or others are telling them they, they get ready to sell mom and dad's house because the kids don't need it. It's a good time to sell it. Good news is the value of the home has grown substantially. The, uh, so they're looking at making uh, a little bit of money on the sale of that mm-hmm. house or that property. And they're at closing. And then they find out that because of the way things were titled, everything shuts down and they have to wait to go through the probate process. Hmm. And they'll call me and they'll, they'll say, well, why should I have to wait? We went to see so-and-so lawyer and they drew up a will for mom or dad or for my husband or wife. Why do we have to wait on prob- uh, probate? Because of the way assets are titled. And so when they say, why do I have to wait? It's a, because you didn't have a complete estate plan. Now, when our clients call us, they have, may have to wait a little while for an appointment. We've had a few clients that have actually, their children have called us on the way home from the funerals. When can I get my money? Okay. <laughs> I'm coming by to pick up I'm that check. I'm coming by to pick up that check. <laughs> and we chuckle and laugh, but it happens on a regular basis. Now, I'm not telling you're not going to have to wait a little bit. But you're not going to have to wait months or years on the probate process if you or your loved one die with a complete estate plan. So what's a complete estate plan? Put your wishes in a document and then title your assets in coordination with that document. And while you're living, if that document is a revocable trust, you won't give up ownership. But when you die, your loved ones have access right away. At a minimum, they'll have to wait on a death certificate. But they're not going to have to wait weeks or months on the probate process. And by the way, Gary, our legislature just adopted a law, took effect on July 1st, and they added an additional step to the probate process, which means it's going, you're going to have to wait longer to get access to stuff, to get your inheritance, because probate makes you wait. And it can be excruciating. Kevin, why don't you give them your information so they can come in and talk to you about this? My website is kevintharp, T-H-A-R-P-E dot com. 
Investment advisory services are offered through Anderson Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm. Anderson Advisors is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investments involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Any reference to protection, safety, and lifetime income generally refers to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the strength and paying capabilities of the insurance carrier. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. You should consult with a financial advisor to help determine the best options for your particular circumstances. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not endorsed by the United States government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions construed herein presented by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. Completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Gary Anderson or Anderson Advisors is affiliated with attorney J. Kevin Tharp or any guests on this show. Mm-hmm.